Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 45. Welcome to the Secrets to Real Estate Investing podcast by House Flip Masters, where you will learn powerful strategies from top experts in real estate investing, and you will find valuable information to take your investments to the next level. Now, here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Well, hello there, and welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing by House Flip Masters. I am excited about our guest today because I have never had someone on my podcast who is a world-class poker player, and that's what we have today. Let me tell you a little bit about um, our guest today. He is... Um, a world-class poker player. And in 2011, when the government shut down the big websites, it destroyed his career at the peak of his income earning years. Overnight, without warning. Can you imagine having the rug pulled out from under you when you're making all this money? Then all of a sudden, boom, nothing. He stumbled into real estate, went $60,000 into debt before doing his first deal. And he's not the only one I know of that has done that. You know, we're out there trying to do the best we can and get education, but sometimes there's people out there to take advantage of you and you can go awry. Anyway, Connor definitely came back and he did a great job. He's become super successful in real estate investing. I'm going to let him tell more about his story after that. So with that, welcome Connor Steinbrook. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I am so glad to have you here. Thank you for spending your very precious time to help our listeners learn a little bit from your mistakes and from your successes. And I have to preface this by saying when we make mistakes, I know we're all making the best decision we can with the most information that we have available to us. And I'm still learning all the time, even in my house flip. So no judgment. We're judgment-free zone. And I super appreciate you sharing your you know, what you consider to be a mistake back then, but it's all part of your path. So tell us a little bit more about your background and your story and how you got to where you are today. Well, so I didn't intend to be a poker player. I went off to school in 2003 and uh, there's a guy named Chris Moneymaker kind of, so the, what happened was poker went online. So the online poker world started. It was kind of like a modern day gold rush and people were able to satellite into tournaments, which instead of playing for cash uh, we're playing for a seat into a bigger tournament. So Chris Moneymaker turned a $40 buying into $2.5 million and beat some of the best poker players. And every college kid in, a he- in America's head basically exploded and said, I got $40, I can do that too. And so poker just kind of took over the country. And uh, a lot of young guys at that time started playing with each other. And, and you know, I kind of started playing $25, $50, and I moved all the way up to where I was basically after four or five years kind of at the top, top level of the world. And, um, you know, I did that from 2003 to 2011, and then they had what's called Black Friday on April 15, 2011, which is when you know, there's money laundering and some things going on, and there's some political stuff, but they shut down the biggest websites. And it'd been like tomorrow, like if you woke up and you went to your rehabs or your rental properties out there, and they basically had a Department of Justice notice saying you can no longer be in real estate. They shut down the real estate world, and that's basically what happened was they shut down the entire uh, world that we were in. And I was like, I say I was a high net income, low net worth individual, meaning I made a lot of money, but I made a lot of mistakes. I spent my money as quickly as I made it. And so I wasn't prepared. I was too young and too naive to not know that good things don't last forever. And so I wasn't really ready for it. And uh, I basically didn't leave myself with much of an income or much, much savings when, when it all went out. 
and I stumbled around uh, trying to figure out what I was going to do. I went out there in the job market and nobody wanted to hire an ex-gambler, right? That's what they <laughs> thought it was. And uh, I'm like, look, I, I ran my life for eight, nine years on my own and y'all don't want to give me a job. I, should, I felt that I should have been like, you know, up here as far as a prospect, but they didn't see it that way. They saw me as risky. And so I realized quickly I had to make a job for myself. And uh, I went into network marketing and for like a month or two and I didn't like what I was doing. And then I went into insurance. I didn't like what I was doing. And so I always watched those flipping shows. Like, you know, you're, you're a big rehabber and you're doing some great things up there from what I can tell. And uh, I said, I can do that. Right. And so, but I didn't know how to, to get into the business. And I basically was watching some of those flipping shows and my favorite TV stars were coming through town and uh, not to name names or anything, but uh, I went to go see them. And of course they weren't there, but, what was was an upsell to a weekend boot camp, and then somehow I got suckered into one of those national training companies like a lot of people have, and, and basically went into credit card debt to buy the program, and uh, quickly ran up a bunch of debt, and uh, and kind of got myself in a situation where uh, I didn't know what I was going to do, and uh, I used a strategy called joint venture wholesaling, which we'll talk about when I ran up all that debt to get out of that situation and transition into a you know, full acquisition company and holding rental properties. And so I like to kind of tell people my story because I, I literally went from the top of the world to at one point working for minimum wage to make my minimum credit card payments at a sporting goods store. And I tell people the day I hit rock bottom was uh, right before Christmas, a kid spilled 50,000, 60,000 airsoft DBs along the floor. And uh, my boss says, Connor, come speak it up. And my boss is an 18-year-old kid hasn't graduated college. He hands me a sweet pan. I'm sitting there sweeping them up. They're bouncing off the back of the pan and rolling back out. And I was just like, I just remember, I don't care what I have to do. And this is the type of mentality I'll have to have. I said, I don't care if I'm ever going to eat again or sleep again or whatever. I'm going to figure it out. And uh, less than a year later after that, for I was working for $10 an hour trying to figure out what happened in my life. I had uh, less than a year later, closed 36 deals. And November that next year, I closed two deals for almost $100,000. So this business has changed my life, literally. And I, you know, I'm so thankful and grateful to get into this business. And that's why I like to tell people, you know, your life can fall apart real quick, but it can turn back around if you just put enough time and energy behind what you're doing and believe in yourself enough, you'll be able to get to where you're going. Okay, I have to applaud you. That is yeah. awesome. And yeah, that is kind of a low point. I can't imagine someone much younger than me telling me to go clean up a big mess. That is, that's just got to be humiliating and frustrating. And like, how did you probably do it going? How did I get here? How was that kid bossing me around? Oh, that's frustrating. Uh, well, give us a little bit more on to um, like how you maybe how you did your first deal. Cause yeah. I know our listeners love to hear real life stories, like what happened and, and share, if you will share some numbers and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about how I use the strategy called joint venture wholesaling and specifically virtual joint venture wholesaling, which is not many people are talking about this. And, and this is basically what saved my career because the one thing I had done well was I basically built a big buyers list. So guys, if you want to be a wholesaler, you have to have uh you know, or especially if you want to be a joint venture wholesaler, you have to have a big buyer's list and let everybody know you have it. Um, and it's more important to have a big buyer's list than it is to be able to find the deals because it's easier to find a hundred individuals that can stumble across one deal a year that need help selling it than it is to find a hundred deals on your own. And if you're marketing for those, I don't know how much you're spending in your business to get a, a deal as far as acquisition, acquisition costs, but it could be three, $4,000. And if you're bringing 
100, 100 deals and you're looking at hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? Whereas if you have joint venture partners bringing you these deals, you don't have that cost. So the very first deal I did, I was at an REI club and an individual had a, a property flyer in front of them. And I said, that looks like a better deal than I've ever been able to find. And I knew someone that I thought was looking for a deal. And so I basically connected them and uh, I didn't understand contracts at that time. I still never done a deal. So this is why you should learn your contracts quickly. Cause I should have made $4,000, but I made 700 cause I thought I was going to split the deal with them. And they told me they were making $2,000 and they sent me a $700 check saying, Oh, well we had to clean out the property or whatever. And then I found out that it was $8,000 wholesale deal. So this is a good example why as a new investor, I know it's scary to learn the contracts, but the sooner you do, the it's going to save you more in the long run because um, I just, I could have made more on that deal. And so what I did was I essentially did joint venture wholesale deal. There was a buyer and a seller and I connected the two of them. So I didn't need any of my own money. All I had to do was uh, build a buyer's list through, through uh, basically use Craigslist when I started out um, and Google, Google to find people online and built a buyer's list and I connected them. And so, and then my second deal was similar to that. I had someone call me who had a property for sale and I had another individual call me right after looking for it and I connected them. So quickly I realized I don't need to market. I don't need the money to market for these deals. I just need to have a buyer's list that can sell them and then find people that need help selling them because the new investors, they spend all their time and energy marketing for deals yet they don't spend any time building their buyer's list and then they get caught in a situation where they can't sell the deal. So you have to be able to find a deal and sell the deal. And if you can't sell that deal, you're just going to have to terminate the contract or find someone else to sell that deal for you. And so that's how I quickly realized that, uh, I don't need to drive these properties. And so basically what I do is this, uh, as joint venture virtual wholesaling is this, I don't ever meet the seller in person. I never go to the property. I don't go to the showing of the property. My buyers go out there. Uh, when we let them in, I basically never go to the closing table because we're assigning these contracts. I use joint venture partners to bring me these deals. So I'm not even marketing for them. I don't put up earnest money. I don't put up option money because they've already done that. We're putting anywhere from three to five hours in per deal. And uh, it takes about seven to 14 days to close these deals on average. Um, as far as the, the full process, we're using virtual assistants to, to do the whole thing. And we're making anywhere from $2,500 to $20,000 per deal. And, uh, and that's basically what I use to transition into flipping houses and then keeping rental properties. But it's probably the most time effective, cost effective, risk effective strategy that you can do. Wow. Holy moly. I'm sold. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to um, turn in my hard hat and stop going to job sites, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it takes time to position yourself to where people bring those deals to you. So, uh, I mean, we're looking for, you know, partners like you who are flipping high end houses. So what if you come across the house that's $20,000? I know y'all are in a little higher price market, but what if you come across a house that, you know, you can't flip? or, or a, a landlord comes across a property that won't cash flow no matter how they finance it. Well, we can wholesale that deal instead of the traditional way they refer that lead to a real estate agent for like a $50 kickback or something. So we give them a split of a fifty or a $10,000 wholesale deal, right? So we're helping, basically as a joint venture wholesale, you're the monetization side, the exit strategy for other investors in your marketplace. I love it. You are the exit strategy. So um, tell us a little bit more about it. Do you do it all over the whole United States? Well, you can. I mean, wherever the numbers work, technically you can work from your pajamas, which is what people, I like to tell people when they like that, but it's, it's not that lazy a strategy. Now we don't do it across the country. If the numbers work, I can go out and find a buyer if I had to but we're primarily targeted in DFW. Now we do have a wide range. So like Northeast 
Dallas Fort Worth to South. I was going to say, you better tell the rest of the world what DFW is because we didn't even say where you were. Now, DSW is Designer Shoe Warehouse that I frequent here in Southern California, but DFW, Dallas Fort Worth. So that's your area, right? Yeah. So I'm in okay. Plano, Texas, which is just north of Dallas. We have a huge Metroplex down here. So it can take an hour and a half to drive from the east side of Dallas, north, northeast Dallas to southwest Fort Worth, which is where a lot of the wholesale deals are. But the, so joint venture wholesaling or virtual wholesaling or, or doing things with virtual assistants and docu-signing contracts, we're just never going out, leaving the office. So the process and the what is the JV virtual wholesaling, but the why is time. So everything we're doing is trying to save time. So we close maybe one out of 15 deals, one out of 15 leads that come into our office at the moment. So 14 out of 15 times, we're not going to make any money on that deal. So our goal is to figure out how to not lose as much time as possible. Because an hour a day times 365 days a year is equivalent to over two months of a full 40-hour work week. Mm -hmm. So the more deals you can do in the same amount of time is so a lot of people are stuck in this do one deal a month, right, for $5,000. But in order to scale, you have to save time and be more efficient. And so most of the time we lose as an investor is not getting in and off the phone fast enough and wasting too much time driving to the properties that are not going to be monetized. So if you drive an hour and a half across DFW to West Fort Worth, spend an hour there at the property, and then drive back and get stuck in traffic. You just wasted four or five hours and a half a day. And then, you know, so we're, our goal is to negotiate these contracts over the phone, docu-sign them, and then we don't need to be there at the property. We arrange for a showing to happen. We market the property through virtual assistance online. And as a wholesaler, you're not a real estate agent, guys. You don't need to be at the property to show it because there's nothing you can tell that investor who's probably more experienced than you already uh, what they're going to – they're running their own numbers. They have to be able to get access to the property. You don't need to be there. And so a lot of times we're having our joint venture partner there or the, or the homeowner of the property. And uh, so basically the whole point is to do these deals as efficient as quickly as possible. But technically, I have people that contact me from Australia, Canada, Europe. You can – virtual wholesale. There's a lot of people. It doesn't seem like it would be this easy, but there's a lot of people. It's not easy, but they're wholesaling houses from overseas because our real estate market here in the U S is something that they can't get where they're at. So as long as you understand, um, kind of the strategy that you're doing and, and that it can be done, um, you can do it from anywhere in the country, uh, in any city, basically. I love that. Anywhere, even yeah, international people doing it. Can you tell, let's go into a little bit more detail on this. You build your, let's, I'm going to take you back through the steps because you lost over kind of fast. Build your buyer's list through Craigslist and Google. Tell me like how you do that. Do you find someone on Craigslist that appears to be a wholesaler and you call them and you get their info in like some kind of a CRM, you know, customer relationship management software, or what is it that you do with that? Yeah. So, I mean, if you're using classified sites like Craigslist or Backpage or Kijiji or anything online, uh, Facebook or whatever, you, you have two different types of marketing. You have proactive marketing, you have reactive marketing. So the difference is proactive, you're actively on your own time and energy going through the ads, looking for other investors, whereas reactive marketing, you're placing ads on Craigslist, waiting for them to react to you. And so that would be, that'd be where you place an ad out on Craigslist that say, join our VIP buyers list or join our buyers list, or I sell wholesale deals to investors in Dallas Fort Worth or something like that. And you give them a short little ad, you post your ads and you drive them to what's called a squeeze page. So we're driving people to a 
a landing page where it has an opt-in box. We explain to them that, hey, you know, we sell uh, foreclosure properties and distressed properties at discount here in North Texas. And if you'd like to get on our buyers list, put in your phone number, your email, and, and your information, and then they come up into our back office, into our email marketing system that we market to later. So right now, traditionally, the most, most people are still marketing their deals uh, for sale through email marketing. And so that's how we send our properties out. So we put our properties out through email marketing. We put signs around town and uh, we have our virtual assistants do all the internet stuff. Um, but y'all need to be capturing the phone numbers because a lot of y'all are trained just to get the email because just how flat screen TVs were $6,000 15 years ago, they're now $600. Text message marketing is coming down. It's going to be the most cost effective way to market your deals. And a lot of people aren't using it now because say you have 20,000 emails it's too much to pay eight to 10 cents, but it's going to get driven down as competition comes in the marketplace. And it's going to be less than a penny a click, in my opinion, sometime in the future. Um, and then it's going to be, because more people look at text messages than the emails. Oh so, yeah. hundred percent with that. Yeah. So we funnel people to squeeze pages through whatever means. I mean, we do, you know, I basically teach about 25 different ways to build your buyers list, but the free ways, the best way to do it is free is Craigslist or just to Google, um, search your area. So go, you know, whatever city you live in, geo-target it. We buy houses Dallas or we buy houses Tampa. And those companies that are up there for the pay-per-click ads or the search engine, organic search engine uh, rankings, you can just call these companies. These are the biggest players in your area. They're paid a lot of money to be up there. And um, now they're going to want the best deal and they're probably not going to pay as much as you want them to because they're more experienced. They do a lot of deals. So they're used to closing on deals. Um, but they're good base to get because they're out there. They're the, they're the low hanging fruit, but um, Craigslist is a great way. Now you can actively go in there and look for the other people running. We buy houses ads or sell my house fast ads and contact them. And you always want to get them on your buyers list and be on their buyers list because these are also potential joint venture partners for you. And uh, what, what a lot of time, what we're doing is we're looking for new investors that have leaks, leaks in their marketing leaks in their game. So if, say for example, they're marketing a house for a hundred thousand. But, or they think the house is a, a market value or after repair value is 100000 but I know it's really 110000 And they're marketing it for 30000 repair, but I really know it can be done for 20000 Well, now there's $10,000 off on both of those calculations. So there's really $20,000 of extra profit in that deal that they don't know about because they're running their numbers wrong because they're backing in from what they think it's worth. So we reach out to these individuals and say, hey, um, we either buy the house from them or we say, let us give us five days to market this house for you. And we go into a joint venture agreement with them and, and partner with them on the deal. And so that's kind of what we're doing there. So how does the joint venture agreement work? Is that the contract that you're getting DocuSigned also in addition to another contract? Or how does that logistics work? Yeah, so to do a joint venture wholesale deal. So the, traditionally, the wholesale process, guys, if you're brand new or your kind of experiences, you have three parties in the situation. You have an A party, B party, C party. So you've got the A party is the homeowner, the seller of the property. You would be the wholesaler and you go to them for an agreement to buy the house for a hundred thousand, but you can't close on that property because you don't have the money to do so. So you need an end buyer, which is a C party. This is a rehabber, a landlord, an owner finance investor. They may be willing to buy that property for you, from you for 110,000. So you're literally going to contract with the homeowner for a hundred thousand and you're going to buy it, have an option on that contract to buy it. So now you have what's called equitable, equitable title to, to basically uh, with that contract. So you can now market that property for sale. You're going to assign the, your rights and interests of that contract to another end buyer for say $10,000. So title company, they'll wire in 110. 
that title company will give you 10,000 and give this, that homeowner 100,000. Now in a joint venture wholesale deal, you're adding an extra wholesaler into that, into that situation. So you hear it called co-wholesaling, joint venture wholesaling, or double assignments, right? So it's all the same thing. And so now you have an A, B, and C, D part, A, B, C, and D. So what happens is someone goes out there and spends all their time, energy, and marketing for that deal, and they can't sell it. So they have two options, terminate the contract or bring another investor partner in to sell that deal. So that's when the back end wholesaler comes in, which is a good position to be. And you, you go into what's called a JV agreement with them. It's basically a joint venture assignment contract. So you're going to have three separate contracts. You're going to have your contract with the homeowner, which is your purchase and sales agreement, your option contract. And then you're going to have a joint venture agreement, uh, a joint venture assignment contract with your, with your other wholesale partner. And then you're going to have a traditional assignment of contract to your end buyer once you sell the property on the back end. And so that's kind of how that, how it breaks down. And so there's two wholesalers, a buyer and a seller in the transaction. And then at title companies say you made 10 grand. Well, they wire in 110,000, 5,000 would go to you, 5,000 would go to your partner. Um, and the hundred thousand would go to the homeowner. And so it's, a yeah. Does your JV agreement specify that the wholesale fee will be split 50, 50? It's yeah. So it's however it wants to be broken up. So usually that's traditionally the way it's done. Um, I'll just do it 50, 50 because you're not going to have a lot of people bringing you properties, which is part of, you know, the lead generation for the strategy. If you're constantly trying to always win over someone. So if you're trying to say, well, I want 75 and you get 25 and you're constantly trying to, to, to gain the position of power in every situation, you're never going to grow a big business because we want cyclical, you know, say, say you were trying to sell a deal and you couldn't sell it and you were going to terminate it and you brought it to me and I made you 10 grand. We were going to make, now we sold it for 20. What are you going to do next time? You're going to bring it back to me. And so we get people to consistently feed our, feed our pipeline, feed our funnel, but you can break it up however you want. That's a business decision you want. But a lot of times we have it where it's 50, 50 split, or say you have a house that you're marking for hundred and you may have it at 90. I contact you and say, Hey, what if I got you the hundred that you're asking for? Give me three days because the market's so hot. If I can't sell in 48 hours or less, my odds of selling at that number are dramatically reduced. I'll say, let me have, uh, have an option on it for three days. And so I'll go out and maybe sell it for 115. In that case, I make 15, you make 10, I make more. But what if I can only sell it for 105 or 103? Is $3,000 good for five hours worth of work? You know, and so it can be really split up any which way y'all want. Um, but traditionally, just like a traditional form of real estate, buyer's agent, seller's agent, 3% on both sides, we're doing 50% split. And, and that's probably the most fair way to do it. They're bringing the deal, you're bringing the buyer. And that's, that's how we commonly see it done. Well, and you kind of led into what my next question was going to be is sometimes deals change. You might think you're going to get a certain amount and then you get more or less. Yeah. Um, so that's why I thought, well, if you just say it's 50%, then your bases are kind of covered. But you were talking about, oh, what if you can sell it for more or less? So, I mean, do you just, do you spell it out 50% or do you put in dollar amounts or is it just case dependent? Yeah. So like our JV agreement's two pages long and it breaks up and it specifies this percentage going in before we sell it. Um, whereas our assignment contract's literally like a half a page long. So it's two different documents. Um, and y'all need to check in your area and go get your attorney to do, you know, draw up your own documents. Every state's a little different, but so I wouldn't just be, you know, grabbing a contract from someone. Um, you, maybe you go to your title company or, or someone in your area, title attorney that's does these transactions for another uh, individual, but um, you want to make sure that you have your paperwork right. 
because uh, they can go around you, right? They can, you bring a buyer, what's to say they need you in the picture anymore. So you may be trying to help this person who is going to lose their deal and they may just completely bypass you and go right to your buyer. So you don't want to, which is kind of what happened on my very first deal. Now they did pay me, they paid me a little bit, but basically they should have paid me nothing. It would have been about the same thing to me at the time. So you, you want to make sure you're protecting yourself at all times. And I know contracts are scary, but just get whatever contract you're going to use and read it over five times a day for the next week. And you'll never have to read it again. You'll be completely fine with that paperwork. Um, but yeah, so. Okay. What are um, some other maybe pitfalls or mistakes you've seen people make that you could warn people against or about? I mean, well, you talked about yours, but hey, at least you still made $700 and you got a good education and you got excited about the prospect and you kept going. So I wouldn't call it a total loss there. <laughs> well, I mean, what it does is it shifts that paradigm. So a lot of y'all's hardest deal to get is your first deal. So even mm -hmm. though I made 700 what I realized was that deal was done for 8,000. And so up until that point, because really it was an $8,000 wholesale deal, but I was getting, I was supposed to get half of 4,000. But what it did was up until that point, you're doubting yourself as a new investor. Is this really possible? Did those guys on stage, are they just complete scam artists? Is pe are people really doing this, right? They tell you you can go wholesale deals for 10,000, but you don't know it's real until you see it happen. So even though it's $700, it was worth millions of dollars to me because it shifted that mindset and said, now it's possible if this one was done, what if I find the sell? What if I find the seller and the buyer and do the same deal on my own? I would have made eight grand. And so it created that spiral of momentum. And so I went on and I closed like another one for 2000. And then I used Craigslist because I still didn't have any money. I was still digging out debt. And then I was doing a few deals for like six and 7,000. They moved up to 10 and 15. And then uh, later that year, I closed a wholesale deal for almost $80,000. So awesome. So guys, uh, like you just have to keep going. Most people will give up way too soon. Um, traditionally, I see most people, it takes them three to six months before they get their first deal. And I think one of the worst things that can happen for someone is they get lucky and hit a really good deal right off the bat because of luck, because then they become entitled and they think it was that easy. And the more people, so a lot of y'all are out there struggling to get your first deal done. I, I know a lot of people around the country. I travel around the most successful investors I meet had to really fight to get their business going. But because they learned that they're able to take that and grow it. Whereas a lot of people who had an easy start, they kind of fall off from what I see. And so y'all just have to keep going and keep working harder. Um, and there's, plenty of ways to go find individuals in your REI clubs, your meetup groups, um, your expos online, you know, to find people who can't sell these deals. So build your buyers list for free, go on online, watch YouTube videos, do whatever you got to do. Because as long as you have a buyers list, you have a business. So even if I went broke tomorrow and for say some reason, all I have to do is find someone that has a deal that they can't sell and sell that deal for them. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, your buyer's list is probably one of your most valuable assets right now that you own, huh? Yeah, I wouldn't sell it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we need to wrap up here shortly. So, uh, and I think you just gave us some great advice, but I was going to see if there's any other great advice you'd have for someone who's, you know, getting into this 
It sounds like you said, keep going. And I think it was really key when you said, expect three to six months for your first deal because they'll watch the late night infomercials or whatever and think that you're just going to go find something on Zillow and wholesale it or Redfin and and make 10 grand in three days. And that's not a realistic expectation at all. Yeah, the best advice I can give you all is to have, like you said, have realistic expectations because there's this whole education world out there trying to push stuff on you. They're trying to let you think that you can easily quickly in this business and it was not easy for me um it took me six months of working every day no days off i ran up a ton of debt Uh, i was working 100 hours a week i made every sacrifice i could literally sold my tv so i didn't i don't watch tv y'all have to stop watching tv read books go through self-development uh learn everything you can on body language negotiations you know everything you can to, to build yourself up to be able to handle uh, being an entrepreneur because a lot of people are, are used to being an employee, right? So in the employee job world, you get paid for time. So if you go to work for eight hours, but you only do an hour's worth of work, you still get paid for eight hours. So you're getting paid for time. When you go to be a business owner, an entrepreneur, you get paid for value. So if you go and do nothing at your property and you stand around watching your workers work doing nothing, you're not getting really paid for this. And so people have a hard time transitioning from the time world to the value world. You need to be creating value. So a good example is, you know, some people will go stand and watch their workers put a roof on all day. They're not getting paid for that time. Whereas if you get on the phone for five minutes and negotiate that contract down for 5,000 to 3,500, you just created five minutes, $1,500 of real value. So as an entrepreneur, you be focused on value work hard, uh, be aggressively patient because it's going to take you a long time of working really hard, building up, uh, I guess you could say people like to use the analogy planting seeds and eventually you're going to harvest those seeds later. But a lot of y'all are just not doing enough volume. You're not working hard enough, putting enough hours in. You're going to have to sacrifice to be successful. Um, there's no such thing as successful people just getting lucky and stumbling across. And, and that's the big illusion that I used to have is that, oh, well, when is my million dollar idea going to come around, right? When am I going to create something, invent something that's just going to be, it's the, it's the action and energy behind that idea. So everybody has that moment where, oh, I had a great idea. And then two years later, that person, they see created a billion dollar company, but they didn't do anything with it. So everybody has ideas. It's the action and energy you put behind it. So you just have to work hard and just keep going until it works. Wake up all day, wake up and work all day, every day, go sleep, do that again. And every single day until you're successful. I love it. What a great pep talk. Okay. So if people want to get more of these pep talks and learn more about you, where can they find you? Yeah, I mean, if you're in Dallas-Fort Worth, we have our companies here. We've got our Connor Buys houses and our Metroplex Invest. And then uh, we put out, you know, we're starting our Investor Army stuff that y'all probably seen out there or may see here soon. You can go to YouTube, to our Investor Army YouTube channel, and uh, soon we'll have the Investor Army podcast. Uh, and so you, you should be able to find us online. You can just Google us and um, you should have everything you need there. You can contact us by email, phone, or text, or however, which is best. So Investor Army, is it InvestorArmy.com? So InvestorArmy.com is being built out right now. It's under, We're waiting for certain things to be copyrighted and stuff like okay. that. So okay, okay. I mean, like, y'all go there now. It's probably halfway together. Um, so, I mean, y'all can go there. But in the net, by the end of April, it'll be a full on-site. We're going to have... Um, all sorts of stuff on there. You know, if you go to our YouTube channel, we're giving out lots of prizes and gifts and stuff all the time for y'all. 
um, we'll be probably putting out close to 300 videos this year on the, on the YouTube channel. And awesome. uh, it's going to be all free for you. Um, you know, we're putting out there, uh, there's a ton of great YouTube channels and I think Holly's coming out with one herself. Right? Her on yep, you'll find this interview on my YouTube channel pretty soon. <laughs> and um, so, you know, YouTube channels and, and home study courses and things like that are a lot better way to go than paying $50,000 from some of these national gurus that never done a deal. They can't give you, if you ask them to show you a closing document, they can never show it to you. They're teaching out of a book you literally have to hear them flipping the pages when you're asking questions. So guys, just be very careful when you're out there and these companies are coming through your area, kind of make sure you just don't jump in and, and make a, uh, a life decision that you're going to regret later. It's kind of what I give you all for best advice. Know someone that's gone through that program and been successful because there's not many that have been put it that way. So I would just make sure you can really vet, vet whichever system you're going to go through before you put up 50 grand. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, thank you so much for your time. You've been so generous with it as well as your experience and, and sharing it. I mean, so many great golden nuggets and we're definitely going to be putting, you know, our show notes together, but also I'm going to create a download with your bullet points of this whole JV wholesaling to share with you. So with everybody out there. So if you're interested in getting those bullet points and those, those key steps, definitely find Connor on his investor army YouTube channel. He's got great videos up there. I've already been watching them and um, you can click on our website at houseflipmasters.com and go to the podcast page and you'll be able to get the download of his key points to start out in JV wholesaling. So with that, thank you again and um, get out there and take some action. I appreciate you having me on. If you found value in today's episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. You can find our show notes at our website, houseflipmasters.com on the podcast page. Also, to get our top tips for finding deals without spending lots of money, go to houseflipmasters.com for your free download today.